1: Two, two pitch. Swing and a long Deep
0: left. Hey everybody, JJ Cooper, Jeff Ponce here, another Baseball America Prospect Hot Sheet podcast today as we, we survey another week of the 2023 minor league season. Jeremiah Jackson, the, well, you could almost kind of say fill in the whatever category you want position for uh, Jeremiah Jackson with the angels, double a rocket city, third base outfielders plates, shortstop played a little bit of everywhere, but he's our number one prospect on the hot sheet this week. We're going to dive into some of the names on the hot sheet. We're also going to dive into a couple of names of, of prominent prospects, not on the hot sheet this week, but Jeff, how are you doing to start off? How, how are things going? You got rained on. You did go to a, a, a big league game with the family this weekend and are you are you dried out yet
1: i had i had three rain games last week i had the ricky tiedemann game (laughs) last tuesday where it it got banged in the third inning Uh, i had another game the following day and worcester that rained um that had a, a, a delay and then i went to a big league game uh it was the first big league game for my two youngest they've been to numerous minor league games all over the country they've been to a bunch of cape league games they've been to college games uh, boston college not far down the road from fenway but this was their first experience at fenway and uh it was a blast I had the whole family there got to see logan allen which was kind of a nice full circle moment for me i, I saw allen in college on the cape a couple of times i saw him in double a i saw him in triple a earlier this season i think it was one of his last triple a starts then i got to see him in the majors so um, one of my one of my guys, one of my cheese balls, because I love those short, you know, lefties with the the tough angle and the the flat fastball, the sweeper, the splitter. So um, that was a lot of fun. And Chris Sale pitched too. I, you know, they may look back. <laughs> I saw two pretty good lefties in my first game. Um, not bad. Kind of, kind of. It's a tradition. My first game at Fenway, I saw Clemens versus Saberhagen in '88. So, and wow. Lee Smith. Lee Smith got the save. Yep. I think George Brett was in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Bo Jackson, um, right. of course, Wade Boggs, you know, a lot of those guys. So pretty good. So to,
0: to, to date myself, the most prominent pitcher I remember from my first game as a kid was Tug McGraw. That's not too bad. You know, you know. country so, legend. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, so we're going to dive into prospects. There are a couple of guys that were on this week's list that, that stood out to to mm-hmm. us, So we're going to kind of go back and forth. I'm going to start out with one from me, which is Christian International Strand, who's number two on this week's hot sheet. As a reminder, as we always do, the hot sheet is not a ranking of the top prospects in baseball. It's the hottest prospects of the past week. And it's kind of hard to do, to be too much hotter than what Ingronacion Strand has done since he returned from a IL stint with a back injury. Seven games back, He has four home runs. Um, He also hit 458 this week. He uh, also didn't didn't strike out, which is a good news for Encarnacion Strand. Only four strikeouts this week in in I think 26 plate appearances. So a very good week that way. Also notable, he's playing first base and first base only so far, which I, I do think... It's probably important to note because it very well could could help speed his arrival. If you talk about Christian arkenau Strand, the third baseman, you say, is he ready to play at big league third base? And the answer is no. And I don't know if he will be. Like, he's got a great arm, but it's not not always easy out there. I always thought he could move to the outfield if they needed to. But with Joey Votto still sidelined, if you put him at first base – Jeff, the thing that we've always talked about, this is a guy, like, if you just talk about most productive hitters and track records of production, in Canalsio Strand, this is his career numbers as we record this, uh, getting ready for for the return of minor league baseball on Tuesday. 323, 382, 605. That's in 151 games, 600 plate appearances at, you know, low a high a double a triple a now right and that comes off of he was great at oklahoma state he was great at Yavapai. there really isn't a part point where he really hasn't hit but there's always been this this little bit of a yeah but with him hasn't there been jeff
1: yeah I, and he's one of these guys that it's the numbers are what they are and he's really productive um, and he was certainly a guy that you know had popped last year, and I think we had him you know pretty early as a breakout, and you know for good reason. It's just the 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 chase numbers are high, and that always gives me some pause. That once he gets up the upper levels and he sees truly advanced pitching, you know does does it catch up to him a little bit? Do those swing decisions catch up to him a little bit? And is that where he struggles for the first time? And, you know, maybe the power doesn't play the same way it has. That being said, he's hit at every single level. He's now hitting a triple A. Maybe it's the type of hitter that he is. Sometimes the approach stuff gets better as guys age. um, And he certainly has a fairly cushy landing spot for a home park in Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati that can cure a lot of ills. Uh, particularly from a power standpoint and certainly from a batting average on balls and play standpoint. So um, I think the numbers will be good. I, you know, I tend to gravitate toward hitters that have a higher walk rate, more discipline, but you know, you you certainly can't say he's a coward at the plate. He likes to swing it and he does a lot of damage when he does. So there's a lot to like,
0: but this is where this gets puzzling is, is I hear everything you're saying and like, We keep waiting for, oh, he's going to hit the higher levels, and that's where you're going to see him have to start making adjustments, right? And so last year he hit 20 homers in 74 games, 296, 375, 99 at high A Cedar Rapids. Okay, college guy, high A, when he gets promoted, that's when we'll have to see. So then he hits 333 with five homers in 13 games, 400, 685 slugging at AA Wichita then gets traded goes to a Chattanooga where he hits 309 351 522 seven more home runs in 35 games ends up hitting 32 home runs overall last year while hitting 304 and now start of this season he's hit four home runs in seven games a 448 508 931 slash line we're running out of levels for at some point this reckoning to come due and And that's where this gets fascinating is because there are exceptions, right? There are outliers who, who manage to hit for average and power with a very aggressive approach. Vladimir Guerrero senior. I'm looking at you, for example, I am not saying he has that kind of bat to ball or anything (laughs) like that. But my point being is, is we are talking about a guy who has shown massive power wherever he's gone. and, has managed to hit for average while doing it. And I'm when I say hit for average, the last time he didn't th- hit 300 in a season in his career, I don't know if it's ever happened. I can only go back to his senior year of high school. I haven't asked him personally. It's possible he had a bad sophomore year of high school or something or his travel ball team, he had a rough year or yeah. whatever. But I can track from there on. And it's like, he did it in Juco. He did it in college. He did it every level of the minors so far. He's now in AAA. At some point, I'm going like, okay, if he does this, you know, and he gets to the majors doing this, it's like, I'm not saying he's going to be that guy, that outlier, but I am saying at some point you start allowing that it very well may be that he's an outlier as this rare guy who can chase, be overly aggressive, and for some reason, it doesn't come back to haunt him because he just has that, that rare knack of putting bat on ball and hitting it wherever it is, a bad ball hitter who hits the ball really hard. Am I crazy to think that that could be his outcome?
1: No, I, I, think, it's, I think it's reasonable. I mean, you look into the career minor league numbers, he now has exactly 600 at-bats over 151 games, you know, 35 doubles, 40 home runs, 101 runs scored, 141 runs driven in. Um, He slashed 323, 382, 605 over that time. But the one one caveat besides the 25.4% strikeout rate to a 6.9% walk rate is he's done all that with a 390 batting average on balls in play over those 151 games. That number has to come down once he gets to the major leagues. Um, sure. But I would imagine the strikeout rate is probably going to be close to 30 without a lot of walks. Um, that gives me some pause, you know. Now, so far in the first seven games of this season, and if you look at spring training and kind of, you know, roll that into the sample, he seems to be striking out less despite not walking. So I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It's just this is such a, such a tough profile to sort of pin down. I think he'll hit, you um, know, hit for power. I just don't know, you know, what the, what the overall line in comparison to the rest of the league is going to necessarily look like, but you so,
0: you know, I don't disagree. Okay. So him. let's say, so, let, he, let's say that, that, let's say that we take 40 points of BABIP away from him, right? Which that would be a lot, right? 40 points, that, which would still admittedly bring him down to a still robust 350 BABIP. But a 350 map, if we took 40 points away from him, that still makes him like a 260, 270 hitter with power. Now his OBP would now become, would dip from that, wow, it's really good to more of a playable range and all that. But like he the, the thing I would say is, is his power is real enough that especially like you said, playing it at a at a very, very healthy ballpark to play in as a power hitter. I think that this could be more playable than I thought, Um, you know, but it is fascinating to see where this guy goes. So Jeff, I've took out my, one of my cheese balls from this week's hot sheet. Who would you like to focus on first?
1: Um, Why don't we go back to the well here with uh, Matthew Libator? Okay. Um, He's continued to pitch incredibly well this season. Um, you know, we've sort of seen this since the very start of the season. Um, and, you know, I think the thing that's been impressive with him is despite a lot of pitchers, especially in the early, early going, um, sort of being limited in terms of how many innings they're going per start, uh, Libertor has been a guy who's gone five-plus in um, each one of his starts this far this season, he's had six turns so far. Um, you know He's getting strikeouts at the highest rate of his career by far. Uh, he's got a 33.8% uh, K percentage at this point. Um, the command has stayed. He hasn't lost it at all. He's generating weaker contact than he has at any other point in his career. Um, his batting average on balls and play against isn't out of whack. It's, it's 315, and he's producing the way he's producing. Um, and, you know, in terms of the numbers right now, he's got a 2.14 whip that's supported by a 296 X XFIP. Um, the stuff has been up. He's figured out his sequencing. You know, he's really utilizing, I think, his arsenal to, um, you know, it, it's sort of uh, uh, the best that it could be used and utilized. Um, he's mixing the four-seam fastball when he needs it. He's mixing in the sinker when he needs it. He's really leaned in on that high-spin curveball, um, which is an, it's really a straight curveball in terms of, you know, a traditional shape. Traditional it's an old-school curveball, yeah. Curve yes, yeah. you know, um, and it's working. And, you know, he he can throw the slider and, and the changeup for strikes when needed. And he's getting a lot of whiffs on that curveball as well. I think that we're seeing what I had sort of – doing the reporting on the Cardinals in the off season. I think that some people when the list came out and then our top 100 came out, there was sort of a lot of chirping about where Lieber Tour was ranked. And he's certainly justifying the belief from the organization and some opposing scouts that I spoke with, where it was like, Hey, he's still 23. I think that the narrative publicly is very heavily rooted in the fact that he was assigned to AAA in 2021 because he was good at the ultimate site. And that was probably in an overassignment at that point. Had he gone to High A, had he gone to Double A, probably dominates the narrative around him is a lot different. He seems like he's had his swagger, he's had his confidence. He's striking batters out, he's limiting hard contact. You know, the the but uh, um, command and control is there. At this point, it's really just a matter of when do the Cardinals finally sort of bring Libator back up and. Give him the reins in that, you know, fourth or fifth starter uh, spot, if you want to call that. Because Jake Woodford so far has not been very good. Um, Levitore is on the 40-man roster. He's already made his Major League debut. I I don't know what's holding him back. I actually figured that he would have been up with the Major League team already by this point, considering how the Cardinals are struggling. And... uh, you know, they got to get something for Randy Arizarena, one of the better players in the game, right? So, so I, I mean, I don't really understand why he hasn't been called up uh, as of yet, but he's sort of passed all the tests of AAA at this point. Um, though I know it's his his third time through, but he's 23, so he's still actually pretty young for the level. I don't want to overly
0: simplify, but I always look with Libertor, Libertor that one of the things that's always been true is his velocity kind of waxes and wanes a little bit. And I really do feel like when you see like, okay, what's he sitting? And right now he's sitting 94, 95, touching a six, seven. When he's doing that, he's just a better pitcher than when you say, well, what's he sitting today? It's like 91, 92, which has happened at times. And when Mm -hmm. he does it, it's not just the velocity, but the velocity plus the movement, all that. It's just nothing plays as well when he doesn't have the same arm speed, the same velocity. And that's, to his credit, it's what he's showing right now. And that, to me, uh, I'm with you. Like, it, it seems like I, I don't think he needs to... There, It's hard to say he needs a whole lot of extra time in AAA to add polish. He's, he 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 knows the uh, the sights of Memphis pretty well by now. I, I would put it that way. Um, yes. So the next one that I want to talk about is a guy who's up in the big leagues now, which is Dominic Fletcher, the uh, it, for the the younger brother of David Fletcher, the former uh, Angels uh, shortstop. Now, not you know, obviously has kind of lost that job to Zach uh, Neto, but but Dominic Fletcher comes up largely because the uh, the the Dbacks have had injuries in the outfield, and but I do think he has been playing at Reno. Reno is a wonderful place to hit, but. That being said, I'd kind of be interested to see what Fletcher does if he gets much of an opportunity. Because this guy is, he's always been going back to his time at Arkansas in college. I should specify Arkansas Razorbacks, not Arkansas as in double A Texas League. But going back to Arkansas Razorbacks, he's always been a great defender. There's always been some pop there. He's hitting for average and power. There's speed, there's athleticism. The D backs have an overwhelming number of close to the majors or big league outfielders all, of, all seemingly almost all of whom can also play defense as well um but i i just think that it is interesting to see what he does if he gets much of an opportunity but i okay i'm going to give you your dealer's choice here jeff because these are a couple of guys who i think that 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 are notable to you um ben brown right-hander for the Cubs makes the list. Do you want to talk about him or do you want to talk about Rockies outfielder Sterling Thompson?
1: <laughs> Oof, that's a, uh, that's a, a tough, tough choice here. That yeah. is a tough choice. You know what? We talked about Ben Brown on the fantasy podcast, so let's switch it up. We'll go with Sterling Thompson. Um, I don't know how much longer Sterling Thompson is going to be in high A. I, uh, I have, I cover the Rockies. I have double a Hartford out here. It's a pretty good lineup already. Um, and they do have a third baseman by the name of, uh, warming Burnabell who I think people are probably pretty familiar with. Um, but Thompson at 21 out of the draft you know, was a supplemental first rounder last year out of the university of Florida. Um, he's been great so far. Uh, you know, he's not a crazy walk guy. The power isn't huge. This guy is contact, approach, gets the bat in the ball, hits the ball to all fields, um, has enough power. It's not going to, you know, drop your jaw or anything like that. The exit velocities aren't crazy. Um, but he spreads the ball around, um, you know, will hit the ball at the middle, we will go the other way, does have the ability to pull the ball. He's striking out less than he's walking right now. Um, and you know the contact and approach numbers are just absolutely you know out of this world. Um, bigger guy, left-handed bat. I think there's still more power projection potentially. If you look at the swing, you know some some changes probably need to be made there, but not really. When you look at the numbers, I mean he's hitting 463, 513, 746 over his first 18 games in high A. Only had 11 games of full season experience prior to this. Uh, You know, advanced SEC hitter, sure, Um, but, you know, 229 WRC plus I think is probably even above what our expectations are for a guy like Thompson. Um, It's a really good profile. He's sort of a line drive hitter, um, but, you know, can't get the ball in the air. It's not an overly ground ball sort of approach or anything like that. He's been playing more third base than I think we expected, which I think is probably a, a good sign for his profile. We'll see if that holds up as he moves up the ranks here. but. Um, he's an exciting one and definitely a name to pay attention to. And maybe in some other orgs, he might already be promoted to A with the, the things that he's doing over the first month, especially if he keeps it up over the next couple of weeks. He may force their hand there a little bit. So um, he's a really interesting name to me. And, you know, I think he's one of these guys where coming out of a pretty deep draft for college hitters, maybe he got lost in the shuffle a little bit uh, when people were, you know, getting hyped up about whoever this offseason
0: no, he is an interesting one, definitely one that uh, also I had Dylan's uh Dylan White for our, our fantasy uh experts, uh, Robo Scout kind of highlighted him in Sunday's uh piece. He's still up at baseballamerica.com. You can check that out as well. Definitely one of the names, also the helium uh name, uh, in, in this week's also one that that showed up in Robo Scout. So be checking that out. The other thing we're gonna, I do want to talk before we wrap this up, I do want to talk. About a player who has not made the hot sheet, I don't believe actually yet in his pro career, which may be surprising considering that he was a top five pick not that long ago. But we'll do that right after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them, all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/slash/baseballamerica. Just go to Indeed.com/slash/baseballamerica right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/slash/baseballamerica. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. So Jeff, the. If the tease that I just gave there is one that I don't think was probably enough for people to figure out. But I've been watching some of Jack Leiter's starts at Double A. He's returned to Double A, Double A Frisco, same place that he spent basically all of last year at as well. Did not have a great year at Double A Frisco last year. Not a shock that he's returned there. He went three and ten, five five four last year with uh, eighty eight hits in ninety two innings, eleven home runs, fifty six walks, hundred nine Ks. He's back at Frisco currently after five starts. He is a 0 and 2 6.75 ERA points hitting 282 against him. More hits than innings pitched. The home runs are again, a problem five home runs so far. I, I will throw it to you that I'll kind of, again I've been watching number of his starts, but are we at the point of being, he's not a top hundred prospect for us. So we have exhibited concern for a while here. I think it would say, but, Are we at the point, this is now 28 double A starts, 112.2 innings. At what point does concern flip to, okay, as great as his college resume was, are we getting to enough of a body of work to say, I I don't know if that's going to translate to the pro level as well?
1: Yeah, I think we're at that point now. Um, I've had this conversation offline with some folks in the industry, and. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a major question mark right now. To me, he looks like a reliever. Um, the fastball was down last year. The slider was sort of the big step forward. It was an overassignment, probably double A. I'm sure you know, um, based on his college track record, the kind of competitor he is. Um, it made sense to some degree. Oh, at point absolutely. It it has not been. It's a tough place to pitch. Absolutely, Frisco. The Texas League, the ball flies. It's not easy, especially if you have a home run problem. It's not a play, a great place to pitch. Um, you know, he pitched in, in Amarillo this past week. Um, but the home runs weren't even the issue last week. You know, he just got consistently hit. And this oh, this by the way, let me interject on that. Amarillo,
0: one of the best MILB broadcasts out there, post exit velos. Mm-hmm. You know, they post Velo and Exit Velo, which Kudos, great work! And let me just tell you, the number of a hundred plus exit velos that Leiter was giving up in that game—like there was no, oh, he was—you know, it was a bleeder here and a bloop there. It was hundred plus, hundred plus, hundred plus, hundred plus.
1: Yeah, and it seems like he's he's sort of one of two things: he's either unable to consistently land his pitches in the strike zone, and he's walking the house. Like he had in you know his previous start where he walked five over two and a third innings. Um, or it's a start like this, where he's giving up a lot of hard contact consistently getting barreled. You know, he still misses bats. He still strikes out batters. He's had 29 strikeouts over 20 innings, but he can rarely go deep. The command is bad. I would I would say it's probably not even below average at this point. I think you probably mark it as as poor. And you just even look at his you know, career numbers. He's got a 161 whip. He's got a 13.7% walk rate. Um, it's bad. I mean, you know, a ERA close to six and, you know, that's over 112 innings. It's over 27 starts. Um, to me, he looks, he looks like you're, you're going to end up wanting him to air it out out of the pen for, you know, the long-term comes in for an inning. He can use that fastball, you know, try to get people to chase in the breaking stuff. Um, and I'd have to look at the numbers the second time through the orders, but having watched a few of his starts this year and last year, it seems like he can be pretty good in the first inning or two. And, then you know, the second time through the order, he gets, he gets figured out pretty quick. Your guys, you know, learn to, to lay off of his stuff. Um, it's a bad look. I mean, I can't think of a, of a college starter that was drafted this high that's looked as bad out of the gate over the first year plus as Leiter has. And by the way, he oh, did I make... Oh, I can Oh,
0: I can't. Oh, I can't.
1: Exactly ...a year ago. Recently. Who, okay. Who, who well, almost, a,
0: Mark Appel was worse than this. That was the number one pick.
1: That was a decade ago. ago <laughs> yeah, but,
0: but, but, but Mark Appel, like... I'm, the thing with Mark Appel, I remember writing it at the time. Like... Great guy. Again, I feel bad, but like it very. It became very clear very quickly that Mark Appel, I remember we did a piece talking to Midwest League scouts about him at the end of that first year, and it was like, this is not what a 1-1 pick looks like. Then he went to Lancaster the next year, which admittedly, if you were going to design a horror show for a pitcher, that'd be the place to go, but was getting teed up to the tune that's like, that. that I did a study at the time that just like pointed out that you don't go from being destroyed 10 plus runs, which was happening to Mark Powell in high A to being a big league ace. It's like it, when you talked about top five picks, it was just hard to find that example. And in Leiter's case, what you said, the thing that stands out from watching him to me is the control and command of his secondaries are not allowing him to have a lot of success. He had 59% strike percentage last year, 58% this year. 60% is kind of, to me, like the floor for a starter. Like you really want to be 62, 62, 63 is more kind of the average. 66, 67, you're really throwing strikes. But when, if you're at 58%, you really aren't putting yourself in a position. You're talking about, you're going to have a lot of long counts. He's averaging 21 pitches an inning this year. Well, just extrapolate that out. They only nowadays pretty much let you go 100 pitches, right? Like you're not getting through the fifth on 21 pitches in an inning. Like you're, so you're talking about a lot of deep counts. 282, 398, 551 is what opponents are hitting against him. His fastball does get swings and misses up in the zone as he gets against double A hitters. If he's too far elevated out of the zone, they take that's a ball. But what you said, you're not seeing that where he's getting swings and misses in the zone consistently with the, with the slider. You're not seeing it with, you know, he really doesn't right now seem to have a secondary that generates consistent success in the zone. It's about then, it's about, well, can you nibble on the edges of the zone, which seems strange to say with a guy who does, can give you a 97, 98 with hop at the top of the zone. But that's, that's kind of really the case. And no, oh, he doesn't have that that control, that command, to kind of nibble. Um, to, to go to what you were saying, it's kind of true. Like so, but the first inning has also been really the first inning. Opponents are hitting three eighty one, 810 against him this year. Which, if 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 the slugging number has starts with an eight, that's that's never going to be good. He does then is much better in the second and then is okay in the third, but then the fourth and the fifth, you know, which is really as far as he's gone, are are struggles again. But I just the, the thing I would say with this is is you we saw what he's done in the past. You think you kind of figure that at some point there is some more in there as he kind of regroups, changes his approach a little bit, all that, but it's hard to see him that the thing that does stand out is, is college aces who are drafted the top of the draft. The ones who are the, the preeminent studs are the ones who then just the, the minors are no challenge for them. Like you saw Chris sale, Chris sale was coming out of, you know, a smaller college, obviously than, than Jack Leiter was the minors almost held nothing for him. And he was in the big leagues in a minute and a half. When you talk about Justin Verlander, we talk about those guys. Like again, at this point, obviously we're not comparing Jack Leiter to those guys, but when you go as high as he did in the draft, you start with kind of hoping that he is that fast moving guy. This is a reminder. Not all the guys are going to be fast moving. Like we thought they were because in Jack Leiter's case, he feels further from the majors right now than he did the moment he signed his pro contract. and. You kind of, again, we root for prospects. We hope that it'll turn around for him, but I do think it is notable that it's a ret- Andrew Abbott returned to double a to start this year, right? Like a guy who had some ups and downs, but generally was reasonably successful in the Southern league last year returns to double a probably shouldn't have been there. And then in a minute and a half is like, please get me out of here. I'm going to just strike out everyone that I see here and walk. No one. Jack Leiter in that return to double a it's not working that way so far, but you know, again, we'll see. I would expect that we're going to see Kumar rocker uh, join him in double a before long Kumar rocker, who they sent on a less, a really less aggressive assignment. When you consider that Kumar rocker is, you know, by count, by experience one year further on in his career than, uh, than Jack Leiter, but Kumar rocker has been, generally pretty good at high a in the South Atlantic league Expect that he'll be going to Frisco before too long, but, but so far, like, again, I, I, the, there are warning signs there, I guess is the way to say it, Jeff.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. I mean, anytime you've watched him for the most part, it is, uh, it has not been good over the last year and, uh, he's struggled tremendously. So we'll see where it goes. Hopefully he figures it out and, uh, you know, can sort of right the ship here and get back on track as a starter. But uh, for me, I think you look at the body, you look at the effort, you look at the command issues, but the fact that there's a good fastball and some stuff, it kind of equals reliever to me. And that wouldn't be such a bad outcome if you just blindly did the taste test of looking at his performance over the first year. You know, you woke up from a 10-year coma and just watched Jack Lighter, and, were you know, asked what this guy was. That's probably what you might say. But, well, anyone else that
0: you want to cover before we uh, wrap up this prospect sheet podcast, Jeff?
1: No, I think that's enough. You can leave them wanting more for next week. Uh, I'm going to be out at the uh, ballpark quite a bit this week. I think we're going to see Ricky Tiedemann again tonight. And then uh, I'm going to be in the tri-state area this weekend uh, checking out Jackson Holiday in Brooklyn and Kevin Parada. And Al Ramirez is on that team i um, also going to see some Spencer Jones and, and James Wood. and I think there's going to be one day on Saturday where I'm going to either do Hudson Valley or Brooklyn and then drive back to, to Jersey where I'm staying and I'm not too far from Somerset. and I might be able to get some Jason Dominguez as well. So a uh, whole lot of hot prospects I'm going to be checking out this week.
0: Awesome. But well, for Jeff, I am JJ. Check out prospect hot sheet at baseballamerica.com. Kyle Glazer, who put together the the order on this week's will be chatting at baseball america t- t- today with that as well so if you have any questions feel free to ask him for for jeff i'm jj so long everybody